Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Haug, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman. Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight, tired, hating vegetables, and living off Pepsi. I got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life. This fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training, nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. Hello guys, today's episode is all about mommyhood and mom guilt and all of the things that that entails. We have an amazing guest on. I had a great conversation with Carolyn and we had an opportunity really to dive into how in the world both of us try to juggle being moms, being career women, we're also both fitness competitors, so we got that hat, and just how in the world we try to make fitness and nutrition fit into all of that. So Carolyn is a mom to three children, a 12-year-old daughter and nine-year-old boy-girl twins. She's been passionate about training since her senior year of high school, but her level of participation and motivation suffered in the early years of mommyhood. Oh, I know so many of you can agree to that, right? Young kids, it's so tough to make the gym and nutrition part of your life when you're trying to juggle that. But anywho, Carolyn um, was working full time and she had three kids and she admits that she didn't make any time for herself. And so after a few crazy years and suffering some health as a result, Carolyn decided to reclaim this part of her life that she greatly missed. She got back into the swing of things slowly in 2011 and finally achieved one of her life goals of competing in 2014. Since then, she's never looked back and continued training hard and competing every two years. Carolyn now has three seasons under her belt and has grown in so many ways from the sport of bodybuilding. She continues to do the best she can to juggle being a mom, wife, school-based therapist, and amateur bodybuilder. And me and Carolyn actually connected on social media and I reached out looking for some people to talk about the struggles of trying to juggle all of these hats and Carolyn volunteered and today's conversation was awesome. She has great energy, so many awesome tips that you guys are going to be able to put into practice. So without further ado, let's get into it. My interview with Carolyn. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Carolyn. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, we'll just kick things off by getting you to share your story with our audience. So who are you and how in the world did you get into bodybuilding? Well, I am a 40-year-old mother of three. I am a occupational therapist by trade and have always had a passion and enthusiasm for weight training. So kind of let that get away a little bit whenever I had my children. And then after a few years of being lost and trapped um, in the house with my kids and at work on the other hours, I decided I needed to kind of reclaim that part of my life. So when my kids were about um, almost two years old, and then I had a five-year-old as well, I decided to get back into lifting. And I did that. And I had always had um, a goal in my head to step on the stage. So I finally made that happen in 2014. And I haven't looked back. So I have 
three figure seasons under my belt and I'm just enjoying the process and you know that hour sometimes too that I get to myself every day and once I got back in the routine I have had no trouble keeping it so it it's it's been a nice addition to my life and makes me a much happier mother and wife as well oh my goodness <laughs> i can agree 100% it allows that everything else in my life can exist <laughs> like i know for me like for my sanity i need exercise for my mood i just am able to show up I show up so differently when I've had that little bit of me time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So so let's take the audience back to what life was like before you brought the gym back. So you had three young kids. You were kind of feeling as though you were missing the gym. And what exactly was your life looking like at that point? Um, I would say chaos. <laughs> Um, at the time, I have um, my first child is a is a single child, so she was about five at the time um, in kindergarten, and then I also had three year old twins, or they were a year and a half at that point before I started working out again. And just you know, it was crazy. I was working thirty two ish hours a week um, outside of the home. I have a husband who travels, so it was just you know, work, home, and that was it. And you know, I could just feel. All my energy was devoted to other people and I really just wasn't doing well with it. Um, I also was suffering from some thyroid issues. So once those got under control, I said, you know, I really need to take care of me. And, you know, previously I thought, oh, that's selfish. You know, you're away from the house for X number of hours working and can't take another hour away from these children to do this. But then, you know, as I started getting back into it and realized that wasn't selfish, it was self-care and I needed that to again, show up as a mother, it really, you know, did benefit everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just feeling good about yourself and where you are really, you know, affects how you treat everyone else. So that was kind of where I was and what I needed at the time. Mm, and you touch on such a good point, And that is that mommy guilt. Right? Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I know so many of our listeners totally struggle with it. And they may even be exactly where you are right now, where it's like, they want to make the time they want to do it, they want to be able to juggle all these things, but they're struggling with getting started. So let's just start with that letting go of that guilt. How did you shift your mindset away from feeling guilty about being away from your children to being like in that place? of, okay, yes, this is self-love. Yes, this is self-care. How did you shift that mentally? Um, I, I was a very structured and routine person. So it was kind of just like, you know, I'm putting this into the routine. This is where I'm fitting it. And when they were younger, it was more difficult, actually, because if my husband's out of town, you know, the gym that I, I train at does not have childcare. So it was like, okay, now I have to put them on someone else. So it was, you know, grandma, can you watch them for an hour? So that kind of worked as, okay, grandma's going to watch you for an hour, but you get to play with grandma. And just, you know, I kind of got into that routine. And then as my kids saw that, they just kind of accepted as the routine as well. Oh, mommy's going to the gym. You know, they now know that that's part of the day, part of the time and, you know, something we do. They have their activities and that's kind of my activity. So, you know, there was no guilt from them. There was no backlash. So I think once I accepted that too, that they totally didn't mind it helped me be at more peace 
with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know for me it was shifting away from dwelling on the things that I wasn't doing to what are you doing? So like instead of focusing on these are the ways that you're like not there for that particular thing or not doing that particular thing, whether that's keeping up with the laundry or the dishes or all the other crap that you're supposed to get done in the day as mom. It's like, yes. can we shift our focus into all of the things that we're doing right and all of the things that we're doing that are good instead of dwelling on all of these like should do this and have to do this and got to do this and all these like expectations of the way that moms are supposed to be. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to show off as the mom that I think is going to raise my children in the in the way that I think is appropriate. And like what you're saying there, you realize that your kids will come along for that ride. You will become that positive role model for them. And I don't know if your kids are anything like my son, but my son just wants to copy me and do everything that I do. Absolutely. Is, yes. It's yep. adorable and amazing. It is. And Ah, that it's just it's so fantastic. So you mentioned something there that I wanted to kind of talk about. And that is the ways in which we can bring our children into um, our parenting and into this entire journey versus them having to exist separately. So how do you think that you bring your kids into the ways in which you approach your health? Well, nutrition wise, I would say there's been plenty of conversations, you know, that's something that's really evolved over the years with them, because when I am in a contest prep phase, I'm typically not eating what the family is eating for dinner or, you know, I'm modifying it some way. And, you know, that lends to those conversations of why and, you know, when it's appropriate and, you know, what substitutions and what a carbohydrate is and what a protein is. And it's really neat to see them come along and make those observations on their own. You know, I now have a daughter who, when we have hamburgers says, you know what, mom, I want a burger salad like you have yours, because that's just what I do. You know, I don't really have mine on a bun or, you know, hey, mom, what is that seasoning we put on our broccoli? You know, I want that too. So, you know, just by not forcing anything on them and showing them how I live, they have adopted those things on their own. And I, and I think that's really been wonderful to see, you know, them ask me, oh, can I have eggs with my breakfast, like you're, oh, mom, that smells really good. Can I have a bite? Will you make me some, you know, so allowing that from the nutrition standpoint, um, exercise wise, you know, I've do some things at home when I can, you know, cardio in the driveway, my kids bought me battle ropes two years ago for Mother's Day. So when I'm out there doing them, a lot of times they want to pick up want to do it too. Um, when I needed to get some extra steps in in the season, you know, we'd go to the track and they'd walk or you know, hey, you guys go shoot hoops. That's your workout. Mom's going up and walking around the track. So just really trying to involve them if I can has been, you know, valuable, I think, for all of us. Do you ever get resistance or questioning in relation to the lifestyle from your kids? I have not come across that yet. You know, I do get every once in a while, um, mom, when you're done with your diet, can you go have ice cream with us? Yep, we'll, we'll plan that. So that is something that I've really tried to... Um, to do, you know, after my shows, the one I didn't even have a meal after I said, I'm going home tomorrow, we're going to have breakfast with the kids and have an ice cream cone later in the day. So those kinds of things. And they will ask, you know, when we go on vacation this year, are you going to be able to eat X, Y, and Z? So not resistance, but they definitely, they definitely take note of the times I'm not partaking in, you know, those, those special treats, but, you know, having kids, their metabolisms are on fire. And, you know, 
five out of seven days in the summer, we're going out for ice cream. So, you know, any normal human adult is not partaking in that. But, you know, so those kinds of things they will pick up on, but not so much as resistance, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's awesome. I, I think it's interesting that that comes up as well. I believe that a lot of those conversations, I think we have an opportunity to educate versus being in a situation where we're like not willing to explain what it is that we do or not willing to take the time to kind of foster an educational relationship. I think yes. sometimes it's very easy to brush it under the rug when kids are asking a lot of questions like that to not want to take the time to respond. So how do you... Um, when they're saying those things to you, like, can you participate? How do you escape from feeling as though, oh, they might be feeling like mommy's not participating with us? Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like, how do you escape from feeling guilty about that? Yeah, I kind of, you know, try and put that spin on it as, you know, this is, you know, a sport for mom. And right now my training requires me to, you know, have as little body fat as possible. And how I'm doing that is through the food I put into my mouth, as well as the output that I'm producing. So I try and have that conversation. But then I also try and tell them, you know, however, this isn't, you know, a normal, healthy thing that I will do all the time, you know, so when I'm done dieting, now I'll be able to eat more and I'll be able to do this. And when we go on vacation, I'll have this, um, and things of that nature. And I now have a 12 and a half year old daughter. So, you know, those conversations, I do have a lot, you know, we have a lot of, oh, should I eat this? Or so-and-so says she's chubby. And, you know, that's something we really try and talk about in this, in this house is, you know, I don't think my kids even know what they weigh. If we don't talk about weight, you know, we talk about having a healthy body, you know, is your body healthy? Is it strong? That's what we, you know, target through our nutrition, not you need to be this number, you need to be that. So, you know, really trying to focus on, you know, the health aspect of nutrition and movement as opposed to, you know, the scale and things of that nature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think I diverted from your original question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think you've kind of, it almost sounds like you're focusing on the elements that are positive and the elements that they can look forward to in the future versus dwelling on kind of what the present situation is, yes. is within the home. And it also kind of sounds that it also kind of sounds like you're able to bring it back with some logic and reasoning and connecting it that way versus saying like, oh, I'm doing it to lose this weight it's more so this is the sport that i'm participating in just like a lot of other sports this is just a sport that also requires that nutrition is a little bit more particular than perhaps other sports that are out there yes yeah mm -hmm. very good now i always say that getting things ready the night before or even like on a sunday or that kind of thing can really just make things go smoother in the future so what kind of steps and tips would you have for somebody of either the things that you do the night before to get things ready for the next day, or maybe what you do on the weekend to prepare for the week, just some tips that people might be able to implement into their lives, Carolyn. Oh, yes. Preparation is key. So, you know, typically on the weekends, um, I will cut up, you know, I'm a big zucchini, uh, zucchini, pumpkin, those kinds of squash kinds of things. So I will get that all prepped and cut up my peppers, my zucchini, whatever other vegetables I kind of have worked into the plan for the week. Um, and I will have those cut and prepped so that whenever I get up or 
cook that day. I have them ready to go. Um, I pack two to three days of lunches. I'm not really one who likes to have like something that I made on Sunday on Friday. So I will prep two or three days worth of lunches for myself as well as for my kids. For example, this morning for breakfast, I just made them, you know, chocolate chip protein bread. I made myself a pumpkin bread while we're all getting ready for school. You know, try and multitask as much as possible. They're eating breakfast. I'm throwing things in the oven. Um, that helps. Um, trying to think what else. Meat-wise, um, I tend to buy my turkey. Like, I eat a lot of ground turkey. I'll buy turkey burgers instead of a full ground meat. That way I have everything. It's already portioned out. They're not flavored or anything, so it's just a four-ounce patty ready to cook so I can add taco seasoning, you know, just a regular seasoning, whatever I want, and it cooks in the pan in, in two or three seconds, you know, so I can throw that on vegetables. Just, yeah, whatever I can tee up for the week, I, I do that um, for myself as well as my kids. You know, I try and have two or three lunches for them packed so they can grab one in the morning and, and put it in their box mm -hmm. and take it to school. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that batch cooking is key. Like whenever I'm cooking, I am not cooking for one meal ever. I'm like, no. If, I, if, we're, if, we're putting the, if we're putting the effort in right now, we're making at least a couple of days. So I can totally agree with that. Do you find yourself leaning towards things that are just simple, little bit of seasoning, easy to track, easy to put together versus complex recipes? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'm very much a creature of habit. I can, um, I can pretty much eat the same things and be fine with it. But you know, yeah. it's, it's things that I like, you yeah. know, so I think that's where it, it comes into play. You know, I'm choosing those things. Yeah, I have the same pre workout meal every day. It's just it's what I like. I like oatmeal. I like blueberries in it. And I like my sweet egg whites. So yeah, you know, it works for me. And I would say even in the on season and off season, I pretty much eat the same things just different amounts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally the same. And I feel like if we can make less decisions in our day, we leave the space in our brain for other areas instead of like getting all hung up on all the different decisions that you have to make. Like what are the things that you really like to eat and then having them consistently versus trying to mix it up every single day, which I think leads to inconsistency, which also leads to maybe results that aren't as good as it if you're consistent in just having similar types of foods most days and, and foods that you enjoy, of course. Um, yeah. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the timing of when you train and how your schedule interacts with that of your children and how that interacts with your work and how you jive all of the scheduling stuff for everything. Okay. All right. Well, no two days during the week. Uh, usually look the same. Um, I usually schedule my rest day um, in the week, typically on my busiest work day. Uh, so right now that'll either be on a Monday or a Tuesday for me. Um, just so happens this week, it's, it's Tuesday. Weekends I train in the morning. Uh, my husband goes around 5.30, I go around 7 and we knock it out before we are running to soccer, things like that. But then during the week, I have two different jobs. So what I try and do is schedule it. Um, I do my own schedule because I work in a school district, so I can kind of make my own schedule. So what I do is I put my kids on the bus, I go to work, and then I try and block off a good hour and a half after work where I go, I get in my workout, I come home. Um, the younger two are still not home from school yet, prep dinner and 
feed them and offer activities. So that is what's working for me right now. You know, the three or four days that I work out during the week. Um, so it's a little hectic. It's a little crazy. Um, in the off season, that works pretty well. Um, if I'm prepping, there are days where I'm, you know, dropping a kid off and going back to the gym to get in, you know, 20 minutes of cardio that I didn't finish or dropping a kid at soccer and saying, Hey, I'm going to walk down to the park and walk some laps. You know, it, it might look a little different at those times. There's even times where I go, you know, in the morning before work and walk at the track inside before I go to work, you know, so whatever I can manage, I do, but that's typically how it looks. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing there is that you, it sounds like you're willing to be flexible. Like the cardio can get squeezed in in multiple different ways versus having to be like, I have to do my cardio at 6 a.m. every week because with kids and work and life, it's, it, it is a little bit crazy and every day is very new. So what I'm hearing is that your willingness to be flexible allows for you to fit everything in. It's just maybe in different ways, depending on what you got going on that day. Yes, I've worked hard at that because I am a structured person. So I used to be all all worked up if I couldn't get in when I can. But um, with a traveling husband, getting it in in the morning is not an option. So it's it's whenever it's it's whatever I can during the week. And, you know, I've accepted that and I've kind of come to terms with it. And so far it's worked. And, you know, I laugh because there was times in the winter I couldn't get out and I was just doing laps around my house. And my kids are like, Mom, what are you doing? Uh, coach says I need this many steps. I got 2,000 more to go, you know? That's so And it's funny. funny, like looking back, you don't know how you do it, but you do. You so, do. you know, that's what I always think. Like on days when I'm tired now and I'm like, oh, it's just a normal day. How did I do this during prep? Like how did I get through a day and stay up till 10 o'clock at night and get all these things in? Like at yep. the time, you don't know how you do it, but you just do. And it, It's a look. mind thing. Yes. It's literally yeah. a mind thing. It's the the mindset of there's no option but this option. And so I'm just going to find a way to make it work and everything becomes figure outable. Even if at the mm -hmm. time you're like, I don't know what how I'm going to make this work today because I got to juggle this and that and this and that. But somehow when your mind just says, you know what, I, I just have to find a way to make it work. It's amazing what you can accomplish. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Now, I'm a Google Calendar fan. I got everything like color coded. Does your family have some sort of family schedule that helps you kind of stay organized and, and make you feel as though you're kind of structured throughout the week? Yes, yes. Well, I am a I'm a visual person. So I still have my own paper calendar planner, write my list down every day. And that works for me. However, my husband is the opposite. So I put everything into, you know, the iPhone, we all share that. That way my older daughter can see it and he can see it as well. And then <laughs> source number three is I have a big dry erase calendar in our mudroom so the younger two can kind of see what's going on and where we're going. Nice. Um, and, you know, a lot of days it's notes. I leave a sticky note by everyone's chair. Okay, tonight when you come home, uh, Lena has to go here, Sophia has to go here, and Daniel has to go here. So, you know, they kind of know because it's, all three of us in the car just running wherever. So, you yeah. know, we, we, we are certainly a list family. And um, I'm, like I said, I'm very visual. So I'm color coordinated and all that. But in my, in my, I have one of those happy planners and nice. just write everything down. <laughs> yes, yes. But, and it's funny because 
I love it. And I really think it, it's super help. It's super helpful for me. I know sometimes like my hubby isn't really into it. Like he's more like, okay, we'll just see what happens today. But he appreciates it when he when he sees kind of what happens throughout yes. the week, the organization. But we only got married a couple of weeks ago. So I feel like if I just keep on, you know, reminding him how good the calendar idea is, like maybe with more kids, he'll realize that we need to, you know, be having a little bit more organized. But uh, it's funny. He's like, you and that Google calendar and all your little <laughs> color-coordinated things. And hey, <laughs> like super everyone, fun. Everyone figures out what works for them. And as long yes. as it does, that's that's the key, right? 100%. You bet. You bet. Now, are there ever any times that your work or life pulls you away from your children? And how do you deal with that? Work-wise, no. Um, but, you know, I definitely feel like if I'm in if I'm in a prep, you know, I start to feel that guilt when I feel myself getting very um, tired and, oh, mom doesn't feel like going to that tonight. I'm going to let dad take you or just, you know, the, the short patience, yes. um, that, that definitely happens. And there's, I know there's times I snap before I need to. Um, and, you know, so those kind of things, you know, I, I definitely get the guilt about, but it's almost like you don't realize you're there until the moment's over. You know, I don't yeah. think I'm that bad until my husband's like, whoa, <laughs> yes, you just lost it over, you know, yes. him not tying his shoe the right way. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Like, you know, yeah. I don't think we realize how irritable we are in no. that very minute, but it's very apparent, you know, to them how short fused I am. So I would say, you know, that, that kind of definitely is, you know, it comes with the territory and it, it definitely, you know, I feel it and I feel for them when I'm, when I'm in that situation, you know, mm -hmm. because you do, you get tired and you don't want to get off the couch if you don't have to, or you don't want to go out when it's late and it's cold and, you know, yeah. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. My son's almost three. So he is at the high energy, crazy, oh, yes. <laughs> crazy land of, yeah, crazy land of energy. And, um, I, I, I always say he's my greatest teacher just in relation to trying to be more patient, more understanding, just like all those times when I just don't feel like doing it. Cause I don't feel like I have the energy inside. It's like, take a deep breath and okay figure out a way to you know make this work um but yeah it can certainly be very very testing at times for sure I know for me like there's times when I may be gone for four or five days and one thing I find really helpful is we ever since he was little he when I was doing coaching calls with my client he would sit on my lap and be part of the call. He would just be there hanging out. So he knows all about like video calls. So he's a little bit obsessed with FaceTime. And whenever, whenever he like, I'll be gone. And daddy says like, okay, if you ever miss mommy, just, you know, you just FaceTime her. So I'll be gone away. And he'll be just, even if it's only for like 30 seconds, just to see each other's faces. And I find that, uh, you know, it kind of helps make him feel better and kind of makes me miss him maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit less if I get to see him a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Now, what about asking for help? I feel like this is a big one. I feel like as women and as moms, we just try to do it all. So have there been moments when you've had to reach out for help or just give responsibilities to other people in your life to help you with the process of juggling mommyhood? Oh, yes. Well, I'm very fortunate. My husband is a, 
a total godsend when he is here. So, you know, on the weekends, he will take kids wherever they need to go. If he's in town in the week, he'll help out with the, the traveling. But there is definitely times um, due to his schedule that I have to call in. Thank gosh, Grammy and Pappy are, are close by. But I have to call them in and say, hey, I got three kids. They all need to be somewhere at six o'clock. And I just physically can't do that. So, you know, I will, you know, ask for them to take one somewhere, things like that. But, you know, you still get that twinge of why can't I do this all? Um, but, you know, I, I'm selective, too, of when I will ask. I, I really try not to uh, burden too many people, but I definitely know that, you know, sometimes you just can't do everything. So that um, is something I've, I've definitely come to terms with. And I think it's easier when, you know, it's family and it's your family. You know, I have a much easier time asking my parents to help out than my husband's parents. Um, just, I guess, human nature, but um, definitely can't do it alone. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. What about other things? Do you ever outsource or get help with other things other than just caring for the children, like cleaning the house or anything house-related? Um, my or husband food will related? help with the house cleaning, um, which, again, is awesome. I've, I've really started trying to simplify other things, like uh, grocery shopping. Um, a lot of times I will just order them online and go pick them up at the store. We have an awesome curbside delivery service, so I found that that has been pretty easy for me because there's an app on my phone. I put things in there as I need it. Um, you know, and I go, I drive, I pick it up. So that takes a lot of the guesswork, number one, out of groceries and the picking up of extra things I don't need. And just time wise, you know, it's it's a lot easier to just drive the car, put them in and then come home and unload them. So that helps. Um, I try and do like, you know, laundry and things when I do have, you know, an afternoon off or on the weekends, um, trying to get my 12 year old daughter to do more chores, but that's not really going so well, but we'll keep plugging away at it. So yeah, again, very thankful. I do have a husband that will help with the home chores. So I'm not, you know, doing all of that on my own. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fantastic. I feel as though sometimes those conversations can be tough to have or tough to have. Have you ever had struggles having conversations with your husband in relation to divvying up responsibilities or have, or have you guys always in your relationship been able to kind of divvy things up equally? He's always been more than willing to help. I would say I had to kind of um, lower my standards, I guess, almost like be less be less perfectionistic type A. You know, I remember yeah. when we first got married, he wasn't allowed to wash the towels because he didn't fold them the right way. And you yes. know, 15 years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, you you washed them awesome. They're clean, they're in the cover, amen. You know, so things like that, you know, uh -huh. I've evolved. So, you know, I think it was some of that self-inflicted just, I, I used to like things a certain way and that's the way it was. But, you know, time goes on, you throw kids in the mix and you realize, you know, Life is not going to be perfect. Um, sometimes it is survival mode and I've become more accepting of, you know, an extra layer of dust here and, and things like that. Whereas in the past, I almost would like, if I, if I couldn't do it perfectly, I wasn't doing it. So that has kind of evolved over the years and that's been helpful for, for both of us, you know, me not being as, as consumed with it being done my way versus it just being done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Done is better than perfect, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am a, reco a recovering perfectionist as well. Yeah. And that was something I just had to let go of. 
And it's funny because Jamie in our relationship is more of the neat person because he grew up with his mom being very like particular about specific things. So it's actually the reverse where he would be like, oh, you don't fold my t-shirts the right way. And I was like, screw it. I don't care. <laughs> this is the way I fold your t-shirts. If you don't like it, suck it up. But um, yeah, so as we have evolved in our relationship, I think it, I, for me, I had to openly just have a conversation with him and say, I'm trying to run a business, trying to raise our child, trying to run, like, I know I work from home, but like, I work, there's not as much time. So we had to sit down and have a conversation and say, like, okay, we need to divvy up the relationship or the responsibilities slightly differently than maybe what they were in your household growing up or the way that they were in my household growing up, so that we were able to kind of work better as a team versus being two people um, that were just living together. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think communication, yeah, it's, it's super, super important. Now, what about me time that isn't the gym? How do you make room for that? Or do you find that gym and exercise is really only the time when you the only time when you really get to yourself? Yes, I would say that's, that's probably it. Um, you know, other than an occasional haircut here and there, you know, which I don't even know if that's considered, I think that's just regular maintenance. But yeah, that is that is my me time. Um, outside of the gym, I wouldn't say I have any striking hobbies. Um, you know, the stage of life we're in right now requires all hands on deck with the kids and, and shuffling them about, which, you know, I'm trying to appreciate it for what it is and realize that, you know, before I know it, it's going to be over. But um, not a lot of me time. I do try and like de decompose every night, you know, once the kids are in bed. It's and it's nothing crazy. It's my husband and I, if he's home watching some mindless TV for, you know, 45 minutes or me scrolling through my phone, um, which, you know, is enough for me right now. Uh, we try and get out every once in a while for an occasional date night, which, you know, we have found that it, it's few and far between, but we're doing our best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes date night is even just catching a show on Netflix, sitting on the couch for half an yes. hour, right? Yeah. Like, and, yep. That's pretty much our, our Saturday night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just appreciating. Okay. And, and some, like, I know for us, like, even if we wanted to get out of the house and go on a date, sometimes we just are lazy and just want to relax and put our feet up and be like, holy smokes, this was a busy week. Let's just go for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you have any other tips for moms or dads or anybody just with that whole juggling life? I guess my biggest tip is, you know, just, just to appreciate that we are all doing the best we can. You know, I, I think, again, that has taken me a while to to overcome that, oh, you know, I, I need to do X, Y, and Z, and it needs to be done this way. And I can remember a time, you know, when my kids were younger, and, you know, I remember my firstborn, she had to have the matching socks and, the, and yeah. matching hair bow for everything. And that slowly went down the drain, but I think it all turned out better, <laughs> you know, when I really started just kind of going with the flow and realizing, okay, you know what, if his socks don't match his shirt. It's not the end of the world. You know, he's clean, he's clothed. He's, you know, letting those little things go and just realize that, you know, they don't care and you shouldn't either. You know, that's, I learned a lot from my kids just even about, you know, self-perception, you know, yes. 
those kids love you no matter what you look like, what you're wearing. And that to me has been such a huge, a huge lesson. You know, they, their unconditional love has shown me that just showing up and trying my best is enough for them and just take each day as it comes. So um, that I, is what I would say, you know, be kind to yourself, take time um, and one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also just the the reminder that it, it is totally okay to time block yourself into your damn schedule. I think like it so often people feel guilty with taking care of themselves or like going to the gym or exercising or they I don't know, there's just this guilt of like your kids are going to miss you or not. They're going to notice when you're not gone. Or not, or notice when you're not there. But I just don't think the kids view it that way. I think like yeah. when you have conversations with kids, like they just come to know, like okay, that's just what happens. They they go with the flow, and they come to realize that okay, that's just what we do at our house, and they're not going to see it as strange or weird or or out of the norm. It's just going to be part of their thing. So I think once we can get over that mental hurdle, like our kids will go with the flow. Like they're not going to, they're not going to sit there and make you feel guilty about what it is. And if you, if they are feeling or are making you feel that way, normally it's just you, like your perception of the situation is that's what's happening when really the kid kind of gets over it, you know, like they're, they're not viewing it that way. Um, It's just part of the routine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Very cool, Carolyn. So let's talk more about what's next for you. I know you've had three figure seasons um, underneath your belt. So what are you aiming for right now? So right now, I'm just I'm trying to improve, you know, that that uh, that phase where you try not to get sloppy and try and put on 10 pounds of muscle that you know, is really not all muscle. But, um, you know, I would eventually like to um, earn a natural pro card, um, just for the sake of being able to get up there and try my hand at that level of competition, um, working really hard at that and, you know, just trying to improve my physique as, as much as I can while enjoying it. So that's, that's kind of the next phase for me. Um, hopefully do some 2019 competitions, but other than that, I'll be just working hard in the gym until then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think is the hardest part for you about the off season or the growth period? The hardest part is just kind of seeing, um, you know, seeing my body change back. I, I can't lie and say that doesn't affect me. It definitely does. And I'm not one of those people who, who can eat a ton of food and stay lean. You know, I'm that person who digs really deep during prep. I can get lean, but the minute I start, you know, reversing back up, the weight does come back. Um, and it comes to, you know, the, 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 the areas that you don't want it to, um, (laughs) those genetically wired spots. So for Mm -hmm. me, that's my lower body. So I can still stay decently lean on my upper body, but you know, I get a lot of lower body fat. And, um, so, you know, that can be challenging, um, seeing that and knowing though, that you're still sticking to the plan and doing the work, but you know, just that mindset shift of, oh, you know, I still track my macros. I still put in the effort, but, you know, seeing that shift the other way 
um, and knowing that it's not, you know, okay, I gained two pounds this week, but I know it's not two pounds of muscle. So that can be a little challenging, but, you know, I'm really trying to focus on that end goal of an improved composition and, you know, okay, I know this is the part where you gain weight, but I also know there comes the time where you peel it off and hopefully you see that you did make progress and it was all, you know, fruitful label and worth the, worth the cost of it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely not going to lie though. That's my biggest struggle. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think you struggle with body dysmorphia? Uh, sometimes. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's something that I definitely did in the past. So I think, you know, when I look at myself, I probably see, you know, my saddlebag area three times enlarged than maybe the normal person sees it, you know, um, and I probably see it growing way more than, you know, if I compared it to a picture two months ago. But I think, I think, unfortunately, as a competitor, when you see yourself stage lean, it does skew your perception of reality um, of what normal lean is. So I think, you know, I definitely do struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. I really struggled coming off my last show. Like I couldn't even look at my body in the mirror as I was gaining weight and it blew me away. I've never had it to that extreme. I didn't even think I looked that lean. And now I look at pictures and I'm like, girl, what? How did you not see that you were so shredded? Like, how did you not see that? And like, coming out of it, it's like, I was still in that mind of like, I couldn't, I couldn't walk by a mirror and actually look at myself. And I was like, whoa, I, I couldn't believe what was going on. And like, to have those mind tricks that you're going through, like, it's, it's messy. It's really, and, really messy. Yeah. And that's exactly it. You know, this, you know, I competed the last time I competed was in May and, you know, at the time I, I knew I was pretty, pretty much stage ready, but you know, you don't realize. And, you know, the other day I look back, I'm like, wow, I was like, I, I can't even see fat on my body. Like, and I don't yes. do, um, you know, body fat testing, any of that. So I have no idea what I was, but I know like <laughs> I could see every line and, and feathers in my quads and, we're not there now. So yeah, you don't, you don't appreciate that leanness when you're there, because again, there's those mind games of I'm not lean enough. I'm not ready. You know, like, yeah, I don't know when we'll ever see ourselves for who we truly are, but no. yes, definitely there's different mind games that go with each, each, um, end of the equation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, very interesting in that way. And it's such an involved sport. Like I absolutely love it, but I don't think there's any other sport out there that is so consuming of your life in this way. Would you agree? Yes. And I mean, and, and it's just, I think a lot of people just assume it's a, it's a physical sport, you know, you're physically manipulating your body, but so much of the sport is mental. Um, you know, and if you, if you can't keep your mental space straight, it's, it's really tough to do. And that's one of the things, you know, you hear a lot of people say, Oh, I think I just want to, go up there and, you know, bucket list it. And I'm like, that's awesome, but you got to be ready. You know, if this is, if you're crossing this off your bucket list, realize that, you know, you're going to achieve something that is not maintainable. So, you know, cause you hear a lot of people and they'll say, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to get my goal body and get on that stage and you will, but you're not going to keep that. And I think that's a, you know, that's a misconception. And I think sometimes I struggle with that too, you know, going to the gym and, you know, maybe seeing someone that hasn't seen you in two months and you've put on a few pounds, again, normal weight, healthy weight, but, oh my gosh, what's that person going to say? Do they think I got 
heavy? Did I think I yep. fell off the wagon? You know, because that perception is out there. And yeah. the minute someone says something to you, like, oh, you're looking thick, you're looking jacked, like, oh, oh do you mean I got fat? Like, you know. Yeah, are you so in I, your off season? And I'm like, oh, well, they, like, and they might not even mean it in a judgy exactly. way. They're like the, just observing, like, yes, this this sport has an on season and an off season. But as soon as somebody makes a comment like that, you're like, oh, they think I'm fat. <laughs> exactly. And that's us. Again, yes. it's us. Our negative perception. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yes. that happens. And, and it is. It's just, you know, there. I'm nine times out of 10, that person is not meaning anything by the comment. But yes. We internalize it to mean, oh my gosh, that person thinks I'm fat. Like they, you know, mm-hmm. what are they saying? Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll wrap up today's chat. Um, Carolyn here with just the two final questions uh, that I'd like to end every podcast episode with. So the first one is where can people find you online if you want to be found? Some people don't want to be found, but if you want to be found, where can people find you, Carolyn? Um, so I have a Facebook account, which is mostly uh, private, but I do do um, some some fitness things on there. And that is Carolyn Dudak. And then I'm also on Instagram at cdudak underscore. And that's where I post most of my fitness things and have connected with a lot of awesome people through that as well. Fantastic. And guys, you definitely do want to give her a follow on Instagram. You have really amazing captions, Carolyn. I have to say, I love seeing your posts and seeing the things that you are sharing on there. I love that you show up so raw, so authentic, so genuine. It's it's really apparent from the things that I can see that you're opening up and um, not trying to sugarcoat what your life is like. And I really do appreciate that about you. Oh, thank you very much. It's what I try to be. I think, uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of voices on social media that are not relatable to at least my life population, you know, and not a 20 something year old girl who has fitness as her job. Um, So I I think it is hard for someone who is, you know, very passionate about it yet, you know, find connecting with, with that voice. So Instagram has really allowed me to find a a great group of um, individuals with the same values and passions that I have. So I I try and, you know, show up, like you said, who I am, because really there's nothing to hide and no reason to be anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just to wrap things up then, the last question of the podcast, I think you've listened to a few before, so you might know what's uh, what's coming around the corner here, but how would you like to be remembered, Carolyn? I would like to be remembered as, you know, a strong woman who, like you said, just showed up, gave her all and led by example. You know, I want to show my children a healthy lifestyle. I want to show other women that, you know, it's okay to take time. It's okay to do something for yourself, whether it be fitness, whether it be knitting, whether it be yoga, anything. Um, it's really important to have um, something for yourself. Um, so just, you know, encourage others to own it and, and be who they are and, and never to feel guilty about that. I love it, Carolyn. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I'm really excited for everybody to hear this episode and I hope you have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you so much. All right. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You as well. Take care. Thanks. Bye. That was such a great conversation with Carolyn. It was so nice to talk to somebody who can really relate to the lifestyle and understands what that struggle is like. I love how Carolyn shared her journey so honestly with all of you and I hope that you guys find a lot of value in the things that she shared from her experience. I think the biggest take home piece is really just 
letting go of perfection and letting go of trying to do it all. And when it comes to juggling a million different things, the biggest piece of advice I can give to all of you guys is I used to try to wear a lot of hats all at the same time. I used to try to be the mom and the entrepreneur and just so many things all at once. And that just wasn't working for me. I wasn't showing up in the way that I wanted to show up for loved ones. I wasn't showing up in my business the way that I wanted to show up. And what I decided was, okay, let's allocate certain periods of time throughout the day so that I'm able to only wear one hat at a time. So I get up before my son, I get my cardio done before he wakes up, I do a little bit of work, and I really have that time where I can only have one or two hats on without that interacting with my son or with the mommy life, right? And then when he wakes up, I'm able to be fully engaged as a mom. And I think instead of trying to multitask and instead of trying to juggle it all, I really advise maybe try having one hat on at a time and see how that works out for you. Maybe try blocking out certain periods of time where you're only doing certain things so that you're making room to not try to do multiple things at once. I know that can cause a lot of overwhelm for me when I'm trying to do too many things all at once. My brain can't stay focused and I can't stay really in the lane where I want to stay. So that's it for today's conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I will catch you next time for another episode. And as always, know that I love and appreciate the fact that you guys tune into these episodes. Bye for now. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here and I want to transform 1 million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a coworker, just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having a fulfilled life and we put them into fulfilling their full potential. So I challenge you guys to share this with just one person. It would mean the world to me. And as always, head on over to iTunes, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. They come out every single Thursday. That is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow, expand, and fulfill your full potential. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Lots of love. Ange.